25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, let's go. Hour two of the show underway. I am happy to announce there's plenty of coffee still in the thermos. Today's one of those days it's needed. (laughs) It just is, trust me. Just the way it is. All right, back on the show. I'm live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. This show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, a great Mississippi company. At C Spire, they are customer inspired. It's a PSA. There's a reason that these kinds of tweets and info begin to go out this time of year. From MDWFP on Twitter, do you know what that is? I do. The Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, MDWFP. They are at MDWFP online. A graphic, and there they are, Venomous Snakes of Mississippi. (laughs) Now, My man Jason, who lives out in Flagstaff, but he's a Mississippian. He's just listening online a lot. It's right up his alley. He's a snake guy. But there they are. Go look it up. MDWFP online on Twitter. Venomous snakes of Mississippi, and they even have a little chart there. It shows you where they are found mostly. Like the pygmy rattlesnake, you don't find that in a large portion of the Delta. But everywhere else in Mississippi, you may see the sucker. The Copperhead. Everywhere except right down there on the coast. A couple different kinds, a couple different looks. You uh, get to see that. Cottonmouth. They can take on a couple different um, coloration. And they're everywhere throughout the the state. And then right down on the coast, obviously you have the Coral Snake. And the eastern diamondback rattlesnakes, your typical diamondback rattlesnake, only found in Mississippi right down there, kind of in the southeast part of the state. Now, let me ask you all this, you experts. The cane break rattlesnake, is that the same thing as a timber rattler? Huh? You would think that it wouldn't be because they're talking about two different types of environment. Right. Several, let's see, I say several. Roger, two years ago, at about this time, 
I was, it might have been in April, but it was pretty close. I was walking through the woods uh, outside of Vicksburg. And I, I almost stepped on what is, without a shadow of a doubt, a little bitty baby, well, you know, small, timber rattler. I almost stepped on it and backed off, and I didn't bother him, and he didn't bother me. But, I, you know, I didn't see him coming. He probably didn't see me coming either. You know, those copperheads, they don't back off. And cotton mouths either. They, 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 they're ready they're for you. At, they're going to come at you, yeah. They're, they're looking. Yeah, you know, the cane break rattlesnake. So maybe, and I went off telling everybody, yeah, what that was, a little bitty timber rattler. But there's nothing on this graphic from MDWFP that says timber rattler, but there are two different kinds that say cane break rattlesnake. So maybe that's what it was. Huh. Maybe that's what it was. Well, you know what? I just I looked up um, on one of these uh, university sites here, uh-huh. and it's got a, the timber rattlesnakes, which are called canebrake rattlesnakes oh, okay. in the coastal plain of the southeast. Okay. So it's talking about them large, heavy-bodied snakes. Like right. Okay. All right. So Bulldog Blitz just texted the show as well. He said, yeah, canebrake, timber rattler, one and the same. Okay. That's what I've always known them as. And, you know, especially a small one, like a lot of times it's easy to confuse the a timber rattlesnake with a copperhead because that copperhead can sometimes be kind of a gray color and mm. you can get them confused. But anyway, I bring that up to say that if you're like me, you're going fishing, you're going to the lake, you're out in your yard. It's clear the brush time. You know, it, it, work in the flower beds, all these different things. And it warms up. And this time of year, here they come. They get active. They get to moving around. They're, they're cold-blooded, so when it gets warmer, they get warmer. And you just start to see them more and more. Golf courses, you know, like you're, there are more and more people about to take their clubs out. Not the diehards, but the weekenders, you're going to take your clubs out for the first time. You go to the golf course, you hit that bad tee shot, it's over in the edge of the water, you're looking for it, you're not paying attention, and bam, there he is right in front of you. Right in front of you. We've all had it happen. I've been looking for a ball on the edge of a pond at my local golf course before and reached down with my hand. I'm about to pick the ball up and realize my hand is literally a foot and a half from a curled-up water moccasin right there on the edge of the lake. That's a water hazard. They're going to have to reevaluate the par on that hole. <laughs> exactly. So all I'm saying is just just be aware that you're going to see them more. You're going to see them often. There is a reason here on May the 2nd that MDWFP is sending you out a graphic for you to look at. Poisonous snakes of Mississippi. There they are. Know what they look like and just kind of be aware. You know, pay attention. And don't leave your golf clubs laying around in the yard. Roger, I had a man came by and mowed my yard with his big zero-turn mower because I was out of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, my 58-degree pitching wedge bit the dust because it was laying in some tall grass out in the backyard. And he just, <laughs> wham! 
I found four different pieces of that club. Luckily, there was no glass around. <laughs> exactly. Nobody home and that kind of thing. And it's one of those where he probably went away thinking, man, I hope he doesn't realize I tore up his golf club. And I'm thinking, man, I sure hope. I hope I didn't mess up his mess lawnmower. Up. <laughs> I hope I didn't tear up his dull You could blade. buy a lot of clubs from what that lawnmower <laughs> Blair just uh, tweeted me, Roger, on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. Blair says, snakes are the devil's pets. Kill them all. <laughs> hey, Bl- I, I'm kind of in that. Uh, I'm going to be in that group. If you're in my environment, yeah. you're assumed venomous. Uh-huh. Right. We're not going to get real close and, and you know, Let do Let me a- see. Does the yellow touch the black or not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Blair walks up and whack, it's in two pieces. All right. Is that uh, a diamond-shaped head? I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. Closer. I got to look at it close. <laughs> Let's get a closer look. It's like something out of a horror movie. Stupid, isn't it? it? Like Steve Irwin. Five people know. walking down a, a dark street at night, no lights after the car broke down, and in, in a horror movie. And then what do they do? Hey, look over there. There's an old abandoned shack in the woods. Let's go in there. Yeah. Nothing to be wrong with that. <laughs> it's like somebody in the group you know in real life is going to go, uh-uh, ain't no way I'm going in there. There's nobody else. Who's that guy else with the, uh, the blue this? and red sweater over there? <laughs> yeah. Is that scissors? <laughs> where Where does, in the chainsaw deal, where does he get all the gas for the chainsaw? That's what I want to know. Hey, that movie scared me as a kid. Yeah, I try not to. Especially the part about based on actual events. Did you see Snakes on a Plane? Oh, yeah. What did you think about that movie? I never saw it. It was it was kind of campy, but, you know, it's funny. You yeah. Know, entertaining. And that's not one you'll watch over and over again like, uh, uh, you know, Braveheart or something yeah, like exactly. that. exactly. I've never had any friends or family that wanted to watch scary movies with me because I can't help it. I laugh through them. The funnier things, uh, are, to me, are the scarier things to a lot of other people. I can't help it. In high school, I, I laughed all the way through that movie Jeepers Creepers. And uh, my friends told me to get out. All right, text line real quick. Uh, the Real Brian texts the show, 885-ESPN, and says, Matt, snakes are like spiders. The only good one is a dead one. Um, you can call the show Up as there well. With wasp as well. Wasp, yeah. What's the purpose? Yeah, yeah. Uh, call the show as well. Eight eight. I'm sorry. Nine nine five one zero five nine. There you go. It's a six zero one area code. Nine nine five one zero five nine. That is the Divini Equipment phone line. Kind of losing my voice, Roger. If it doesn't get any better, I don't know about tomorrow. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, some, uh, honey, make that the uh, natural cough syrup there. There you go. Whiskey and lemon juice. Oh, and do a show on whiskey and lemon juice. It might be an all-timer. All right, Maroon Richie, uh, a text from you and from Tim here on the text line. Richie says this. Why do people down-talk Nick? That'd be Nick Fitzgerald. We were lucky to have him after Dak left. We would have been terrible without him, in my opinion. I think he was taking taken for granted as well as his completion percentage would have been better had these D1 players been able to catch the dang ball. 
He had to set records on his feet because of the receivers. Just my opinion. Okay. That's Richie's opinion. Tim texted and said, the first time Nick takes a swing pass, makes a move on a linebacker, and a DB comes up to tackle him, his stock will rise. He's got to play receiver with his speed and power after the catch. You know, I, I agree. If You know, he can run some routes, catch the ball. He's not going to have any trouble catching the ball. It's just, you know, running routes and reading stuff on the fly and getting used to something you haven't done. I want to go back, though, to what Richie said. Uh, why do people down talk Nick so much? The example would be the um, text that we got from an unnamed texter that said, Chicken Hawk needs his feathers plucked if he thinks Nick Fitzgerald deserves money. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of you know critics. I think all quarterbacks do have critics. Of course, I kind of have been through it, and I deserve most of the criticism, <laughs> yeah, most of the on-the-field criticism after you've stood out at the 50 yard line 45 yard line whatever and about 40,000 people are booing you all at the same time specifically at about you know 19 20 years old you stand there and they're all booing and you realize every one of them's booing me <laughs> then after that life's pretty easy like it's so what made somebody mad okay well fine you know it it, it kind of sets the the bar a certain place but anyway back to Nick Fitzgerald Richie the reason people down talk Nick Fitzgerald is because there are so many people in life in this world who just have never done anything they said never I've never done anything never taken a risk never really tried to achieve anything therefore really never had the opportunity to try to achieve anything and have no idea, they just have no earthly idea what it's like to stand in the balance. I'm talking about you're out there with your neck stuck out and you're trying something gargantuan and it could go either way. It could either go great and you could be the hero or it could go bad and you could be the goat. So many people have just never been in that position in any shape, form, or fashion because they've always been scared afraid to try anything. They just haven't had the confidence to go try anything. Therefore, they grow up and later on take on this outlook in life that everything is easy. Everything is a mathematic equation. They go in their head, the little calculator in their head goes, well, Nick Fitzgerald is 6'5", 240, and he plays quarterback. Therefore, it's supposed to be easy for him. Therefore, when he makes it look not easy, it must mean he's terrible. And they'll use words like terrible and awful or not a quarterback or can't throw. That's the thing to me. The guy is like second all-time, all-time at an SEC school and, like, touchdown passes and yards and stuff. And and there are people with their brains are small enough that they would actually utter these words or type them. He can't throw. Now let that sink in a minute. <laughs> let it sink in. I mean, really. How Who recruited him? 
How tiny of a mental midget do you have to be to utter those words about someone who is a record-setting quarterback in the Southeastern Conference? Well, Matt, he set records running the ball. Yeah, well, he almost set them throwing it, too, at one school in the SEC, and a lot of people have tried. Let's look it up. Seriously, hasn't Nick Fitzgerald, the only guy at State who's thrown more touchdown passes than Nick Fitzgerald did, isn't it Dak Prescott? Well, I don't care if it, whether it's second or third or what. Still, and we're going to say these words. You're going to type them in, and you're going to say it out of your mouth, these words. He can't throw. And then when I call you out on it, then you're going to use the excuse of, well, it's really more or less just a euphemism. Really what I'm doing, it's just that's an umbrella comment. It's not that he can't actually throw the ball. It's not to be taken literal. Well, okay, well then how is it to be taken? In other words, get out of here. What I'm telling you, Richie, in regards to your comment, why do people talk down to why do people down talk Nick? There's a lot of reasons. But they all are an indication of the commenter instead of the commentee. The commenter is a negative person. The commenter could not throw a football over his own head. The commenter has never, ever been in a position where his job or his role or his function was critical, supposedly, to 60,000, 70,000 other people at once. The commenter has never had to do anything remotely as difficult as what Nick Fitzgerald has tried to do on the field for all the world to see. Therefore, the commenter cannot fathom something that isn't easy. Because those commenters their whole life have looked for the easiest route, the easiest thing to do, the simplest, least complicated way to go through life. The the commenter lacks the self-esteem it takes to try something difficult while other people watch. You can't do that. People will laugh at you if you mess up. See, Nick Fitzgerald and those types, they don't go through life that way. They look at life through the lens of opportunity. Everything out there is an experience and an opportunity. Knowing, give it all you got, man. Lay it on the line. (laughs) It's just, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt said it 100 years ago. It's not the critic that counts. Guys like Nick Fitzgerald, Teddy Roosevelt said, his place in history will never be with those timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's what I think about those commenters. Why do people down talk Nick? Because they don't have the mental capability to understand one little teeny tiny bit, iota, of what Nick is going through and what he's trying to do. They see 
they have this glaze over their eyes that blocks their vision, and that glaze is just a TV screen. How ah, well, heck, Joe Montana made it look easy. So anybody that can't do it like Joe Montana must be terrible. When those people say those things, Richie, and type those things, you just ignore it. You just, you know, you just toss it out. If it's a friend or a, somebody you like, that's fine. But you just mark it off in the back of your head, man. This person has no clue what they're talking about. Really. It'd be like me sitting here and criticizing Roger for, I don't know, like there's a hum or a buzz one day as, I, as you're listening to the show. It'd be like me saying, ah, Roger doesn't know what he's doing. There's this buzz and going down the line in the show that people are hearing. I got no clue how Roger does what he does. That you, if you walked in that, if you're listening and you walked in that radio station, there are there's enough wires that if we strung them out, they'd go from Jackson to Tupelo and back. <laughs> Yet something happens, this man will go in there, find the right wire, and fix it. And who am I to criticize? By the way, that scenario has happened. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the exact thing, just and it went down just like you said. <laughs> He don't know what he's doing. Okay. How did that wire go bad? Nick Fitzgerald can't throw. You go out there and throw it. Let us laugh at you. Oh, I forgot. You didn't have the guts to go out and try it in the fifth grade. That's what I think about those commenters, Richie. All right. We're just getting started. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Shoot this thing. One of us got to have some relief. Jerry Clower has been a big part of this show since day one. You hear his voice in the intro. Excuse me. I still haven't finished that other intro. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you read my mind? Yeah, you were thinking about it. Yep. Ah, well, whatever. But my football season, we'll have it ready. Can't do everything. Try <laughs> uh, that with your wife. <laughs> can't think of everything. <clears throat> you know, but he has been a big part of the show. And uh, so, Roger, I saw it. Let me see if I can still find it in my text messages here. I saw it on Instagram. I You're took talking a, about the uh, 15th annual? The 15th, yes. I saw it on Instagram. I sent Neil Price the link, and then he sent back. Let's go. The 15th annual Jerry Clower Festival this Saturday, May 4th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Yazoo City. Man, if we could get Neil one of these red jackets. I know. And he'd probably need some hair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I Neil's hair is not into great. That, uh, they've got a Jerry Clower impersonator contest. I know. I'm seeing that. Okay. See they're going to have 
live music from the Cracker Jacks, the party band of the South, Yazoo County Jazz Band, the Bentonia Gibbs Honors Show Choir, Talent Show, Jerry Clower Impersonator Contest, Joe Smith and Friends, free admission. Free. Yes. It costs free dollars. At Arts and Crafts, Antique and Classic Car Show, Kids Zone, Silent Auction, and Food Vendors. Main Street, Yazoo City, Mississippi, this Saturday. You going to go, Roger? You know, I'm really thinking about it, and, and now that I've looked on the, the card here, the information, I'm, I, really, I really like it. You could, you know, I was telling you, just like a wholesome small town kind of festival. Yeah. And uh goes from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. I'm going to roll the streets up after that. Uh-huh. I love it. But, yeah. you know, but, you know, some of those, some of these kind of uh, things, when you go to them, everything's kind of spread out. Like, if you want to uh, see one thing, you know, it's going to be at 11 o'clock tonight, and, you know, you yeah. get there at 11 in the morning. This is all one. You can go in there and make an afternoon out of it and have a good time. Yeah. The Jerry Clower Festival. I really do wish I could go. I would love to see it. You know, in the impersonators, um, excuse me, Telling this sinus stuff ain't no fun. No, uh, in you know in Tupelo the Elvis thing is a huge deal. Elvis Fest and it's it's a serious serious um, tourist attraction. And the Elvis tribute artist competition is also a very serious competition. Like it ain't no joke. Used to think Man, it was, but they take it really oh, serious. Yeah. I and I was in Memphis uh, getting a, one of our trucks wrapped. They, they had a like, at, at the time you couldn't get it done just anywhere. But anyway, so I was up in Memphis, and I was staying at a hotel. I didn't realize, you know, what I think it was it must have been August, but the uh, Eastern European delegation of the Elvis Presley uh, impersonators was at the same hotel. I found out during the Continental Breakfast. I'm looking around. Like everybody's got these uh, pork chop, you know, yeah, sideburns, uh-huh. and I'm like, and, I'm, and, and they're not quite right, you know, <laughs> outfits, yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, oh my god, there must be Elvis fans, <laughs> but they kind of look like, uh, you know, like the guy with the Saturday Night Live with the yeah, the the uh, uh, Steve Martin character, Steve Martin, yeah, with yeah. the wild and crazy guys. <laughs> Wild and crazy guys. Steve Martin's a talented dude. You know, uh, they take it really seriously, though. It's a big deal here, and that's the thing, is in no official capacity anyway, had you better, you better never say the word impersonator up here in Tupelo regarding the Elvis stuff. I was thinking that's probably not the exact word. That's more of a... Impressionist? It's tribute artist. Tribute artist. Okay. Yes. It is not impersonator. You say impersonator. That's like a crime, I think. Yeah. That's like you tried to go cash Elvis' check or something. Hey, about Roger, about 10 years ago, my wife was asked, I think I I can't remember if I was involved too or if I went just to support her. I, I think maybe she was invited to MC the Elvis tribute artist competition at Elvis Fest here in Tupelo. And it's at the old theater downtown. 
and it's a really neat old theater. It really is. I guess they got the asbestos out finally. I think, I hope. <laughs> but anyway, so ahead of that, she and I were kind of like, uh, what now? Oh, Lord. Are we really? Really? I mean, uh, we're like impersonators. What is this? This is going to be hokey. And here we. Let me tell you something. We had the best time. That theater was packed full. Every single seat full. And those people were loud and into it. And these tribute artists that were out on stage with their bands and stuff, the music was great. They were super talented. Well, you're you're the, at the pilgrimage site. This is where the good ones come. I know. They were really good. And it's like Elvis of all ages. Some of them are young Elvis. Some of them are 70s Elvis. By the end of the night, we were sitting on the back row. We'd go up there, do the MC thing, come back, sit down on the back row. We were into it. We went into it with trepidation. That's how by good the end Elvis of the night, was. By the end of the night, 70s Elvis was on stage doing a trilogy, <laughs> and my wife standing up in the back going, Woo-hoo! screaming her head off, loving it. That's a crowd pleaser. She loved it. So I wondered if it'd be the same thing with the uh, Jerry Clower impersonator contest this Saturday at the you Jerry Clower Those are Clower two really Festival. big personalities. You know, Elvis was so good that just uh, imitating him is entertaining, and I'm sure yeah. the same for... Oh, I bet. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> John Bond, old number 13, the John Bond, just texted me and said, I had the pleasure of meeting Jerry when I was playing at MSU, and he told me, quote, John, you remind me of a rock and roll band. But, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. You're all bloody and sweaty, and the other folks are in tears. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Quite a linguist there. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> I never did get who to knew meet Jerry Clower knew who Blood, Sweat, and Tears was. That, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, what's it on your playlist is the popular question of the presidential candidates, you know? Hey, man, let me tell you something. What, what's on Jerry's old playlist there? People listen to everything. They listen to everything. Look, um, I never met. Jerry Clower myself. I wish I had. But I did get to meet his brother, Sonny. Sonny Clower. Um, and my parents met and talked with him some, too. Yeah, he would he would tailgate. There in the 90s, Sonny had an RV, and he was tailgating out beyond the north end of you know, the north end of the stadium now, behind the art building. So it would be the, the art building was across – from where now the new north end zone is. And behind that, all the way over to the Sanderson Center over there was a parking lot, and he was among the people in that parking lot uh, tailgating. He's since passed away. That was Sonny Clower. I did get to meet him. And he was a lot like Jerry in that he was a really good storyteller. Today's show... It's it's not been about the show, and it hadn't been a whole lot about sports. But, hey, I'm okay with it if you are. We can talk about whatever. Y'all call me next. We'll wrap it up here on this Thursday. I'm all hopped up on cough syrup and headache medicine. <laughs> Doing the best I can. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 
All right, here we are. Several updates. I'm all over the place today, including snakes. Park rangers have found a snake with three functioning eyes in Australia's Northern Territory. It's a young snake with three eyes, and they all work. Roger brings up a great point. How do they know? The snake tell them it works? <laughs> How do they know you can't all trust three them snakes, man? <laughs> you know, they lie. Roger had a great point. What do you do? Cover up two eyes, leave one exposed. Go, How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> really? I guess they have their ways. Works on strokes, too. The juvenile snake was found on the uh, Arnhem Highway just outside of Darwin, near the small town of Humpty Doo. <laughs> Officials with Northern Territory Parks and Wildlife wrote on Facebook, the reptile measured in at nearly 16 inches, according to Park Ranger. Now, this is on ABC News, but if I had previewed this, I'd have gotten down to where it said Humpty Doo, and I'd click the X. Humpty Doo. <laughs> By the way, who stops on you, a highway? Did you just get fake news? What it's Tell on? A, you didn't. It's on ABC News. Okay, okay. I'm sitting right here looking at it. I'm looking right at it. <laughs> I'm laughing looking at the text line. Uh, Matt Camp texted a letter, reminded me one of the uh, one of the punchlines, one of Jerry's stories. I think was it New Gene who went around sounding like a log truck. New Gene, yeah, it may have been. But. He's in the line, shut up, New Gene. You done made that thing mad enough. <laughs> Those names were get great, too, and the way he'd reel off oh gosh, all yeah. the names of the Leadbetters. Homer Lean. Marcel, Udell, Odell. Homer Lean was his wife, wasn't it? And Homer, and Homer Lean, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, on the text line, uh, let me give you a few of these. From Iuka, I think I know who that is says, without snakes, we would literally be run over with rodents very quickly. <laughs> Good point. Hey, but think about it. Literally run over with rodents. <laughs> I want to see that in a movie. Uh, Scott texted the show and said, most of these so-called commenters have probably never buckled up a chin strap, never put on shoulder pads, etc." They're nothing more than a bunch of couch coaches. If Nick would have had wide receivers, that could catch. He might have ended up being a passing yardage leader at state, but the coach, the couch coaches more than likely disagree. Yeah, couch coaches is probably about right. Scott, this is the thing, though. See, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that a credible commenter, as we've been using that word today, I don't believe you have to have played. I don't believe you have to have suited up. I really don't think that's a requirement. You know, there's there are a lot of people that in their walks of life you know, have been successful, you know, maybe in business, you know, in their job, entrepreneurship, anything like that maybe in other types of competitions where they understand 
the stakes when you stick your neck out there. The the attitude, the way, the approach, and that kind of open-ended gusto for life, and that's why they are where they are. You know, there's a lot of people that listen to very closely to people like Steve Jobs when he was alive, you know. It, a lot of athletes took a lot of inspiration from things that he said. You know, over the years, people like Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, others, uh, Martin Luther King, they've had quotes that apply to everything that show you those are the kind of people that would never jump on a message board or on Twitter and say, ah, he sucks. They're, they're just a different caliber of person. I'll listen to them. They never put on shoulder pads. But I sure as heck listen to him. So I don't know that necessarily playing is the deal. It's we a, talked about Howard Cosell the other day. That was his name of his book. I never played the game. Yeah. Never he seemed to be an authority at the time. Sure. I wonder if Mel Kiper ever played. No. <laughs> no, he never played. It was that guy that uh, on there that skipped. Also, he's, he was doing the same thing with basketball players that had come to find out he had played, like, uh, you know, uh, in junior college for one game or something. Right, yeah. I got you. Get Bayless. Bayless. There you go. How about this? Been a while. Here's a treat for us. On the Divini Equipment phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. On the Divini phone, Gator Greg. Greg, where you been? Office wise, been all over the place. Uh, you know, even you know, uh, River even had it. I was over in Alabama at one of these NASCAR races. Imagine that. Yeah. But uh, let's first off, you, you, you Bulldogs. When I talked to you in February, I told you this was going to be a good team this year. Did you ever thought they'd been thirty-six to nine? I mean, thirty-six to nine. That that sounds like the old Florida Gators. Yeah. That's that's pretty strong, Mister White. That's eight hundred balls. Yes, it is. Back to your uh, to your Palmero uh, teams. It seemed like this team. You hope they didn't peak too early, but uh, they had a fall. They thumped Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my my guy Mangum, I think him and the guy from Vanderbilt are you probably the conference players of the year. Yeah, uh, really enjoy watching that team. Uh, tell me a little bit about your Chiefs. Uh, what you thought with the draft? It looked like you're going to lose at least uh, your, your wide receiver for a while. So yeah. I don't know. I looked at some of them guys that they drafted. Uh, but I, I think uh, they're giving the Chiefs a lot of love. And then tell me what you think about Booger getting the the, uh, the Monday night football. You didn't want it because you're a college guy. Uh, what do you think about him? And then let me see. I'm going to go ahead and say, Mr. White, I think you, you, your dogs are going to uh, – I think they're going to go to Omaha this year, and they should be one of the favorites. Uh they kind of got to maybe tighten up a little bit on that. Uh, some of them days you're going to have some days like you had 13 walks. I, mean, mm-hmm. I know you walked 13 uh, batters. I know your, your daughter, when she picks your softball, she ain't going to do that. She's out of some truck. Good to talk to you. Hopefully we'll see you over in Hoover and maybe definitely Hoover for the media days. But we love you, Mr. White. We love Joe White. Great Joe White. I'm going to have to go down there and see him down there in the yeah. Dothan, Alabama. Good show. All right, Good man. Show. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah, Greg, um, look forward to seeing you at the SEC tournament. The plan right now is I'll be broadcasting the show every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, from 
uh, the baseball tournament in Hoover. Still got a few weeks to go. Look forward to seeing you there. Uh, on the Chiefs, was really, really happy to see them take Mecole Hardman, the receiver out of Georgia, with uh, their second-round pick. That's the Chiefs' first pick they had in the draft, but they got him. They got a receiver. And then went defense with the next three picks. Got the safety out of Virginia later in round two. That big tackle, big guy, Western Illinois in round three. And then they got Fenton, the corner from South Carolina in round six, which I felt like was a pretty good deal, but he'll have some competition, obviously. Um, But Hardman is going to step right in, and he'll start in the same role that Tyreek Hill had. Hill is just – he has a behavioral issue. He's he's someone who had a really awful thing that he did um, that got him kicked out of Oklahoma State way back when – eventually found his way to where was it West Alabama or wherever but rather than making that turnaround apparently still just continued to have behavioral problems and so they can't afford to keep him around anymore and I don't know if anybody will bring him in anymore it'll be a while so they went ahead and with the first pick they had they went ahead and drafted Miko Hardman out of Georgia to replace Tyreek Hill and I like it um, a lot. And in regards to Booger McFarland getting that Monday night job, you know, he was on it last year where they had this weird setup with Jason Witten in the booth who was just not good at it. And they had Booger McFarland down on the sidelines, sort of up in that chair. It's kind of a weird thing. And now it's going to be more typical. So you're going to have Tessator play by play, Booger McFarland as the color guy, and then someone, um, on sideline, I don't know who the reporter is on the sideline. It's a little more typical, but I think it gives Booger a chance to really do what he can do. And just like anything else, you know, he's got to improve in some ways. He's got to improve in his delivery if he really wants to be ultimately taken, you know, super seriously. But I like him. He doesn't mind laughing. And the thing I like most about Booger is he's just a good guy. He's just a – he is a good Guy, he's been good to me over the years. He is absolutely an expert in all things X's and O's football. It's just a matter of having time to communicate that. And now that he'll be up there with Joe Tessitore by himself, I think he'll be able to do that on Monday Night Football. Um, he's absolutely an expert. And like anybody else, he just needs uh, needs some reps, you know, and he's going to be fine. A good one to end with since we began with nicknames. <laughs> Perfect, huh? You're right. Way Booger. to bring it on home, Matt. I tell you what, if this cold doesn't go away, they're going to be starting to call me Booger. <laughs> or like that dog in Sandlot, they'll be calling me Snots. Oh. <laughs> You're killing me. Sorry, uh, sorry for the visual there, Roger. Sorry about that. Hey, enjoy your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all tomorrow. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.